Advent. One of the joys of this season of Advent and the Christmas season that follows is the music. This time of year just wouldn't be the same without the carols and hymns that are so ingrained in us that we can sing them from memory, so dear to us they, they bring us to tears even as they fill us with joy. It occurs to me that the scriptures that we read in this season are in their own way songs sung over to us over time and space that both tell us the story of Christmas and invite us to join in the singing. Today we began worship by singing a familiar Advent hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That hymn is based on imagery gleaned from the words of the prophets, our ancestors in the faith who lived hundreds of years before Jesus' birth and whose prophecies are recorded in the Old Testament. Some of them, I hope you had a chance to look at some of the words. We only sang part of the verses, but the imagery there, um, you would, if you could follow it along, it is from the Old Testament. Now, the prophets were not, as is often supposed, fortune tellers. Instead of reading the stars or looking into crystal balls, they were astute observers, blessed with a holy imagination and attuned both to the signs of their times and to the movement of God in human history. A short history lesson, speaking of that, may be helpful. Israel's greatest king was David, who lived around 1000 BC, and who united the tribes of Israel into a cohesive nation and established the city of Jerusalem as its capital. Because of his great faith in God, God promised David that the throne of Israel would always and forever be occupied by one of his descendants. However, after the death of his son Solomon, the kingdom of Israel split into two, the northern kingdom, which was also called Israel, whose capital was Samaria, and the southern kingdom of Judah, whose capital was Jerusalem and whose kings were always from the Davidic line. Scholars don't know the exact circumstances that prompted a prophet to write the words that uh, Mike just read, the words of Isaiah 11, 1 through 10, in the latter part of the 8th century BC. Two things are clear, however, that Isaiah's homeland of Judah was being threatened by the Assyrian Empire, the superpower of its day, and that the Davidic monarchy had grown weak and faithless. So it was a time of great uncertainty, great anxiety. And in the midst of this time, Isaiah looked to God and found hope. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall come from its roots. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. I think most of us have one time or another have seen a stump that has a little sprout or a branch coming out of it. That's what he's talking about. So as that stump can uh, sprout new branches, so Isaiah proclaimed that God would intervene and a new king would come forth from the line of David, who was the son of Jesse. Isaiah almost sings as he tells how this Messiah, or anointed one, the name given to all of Israel's kings, will be filled with God's spirit, 
who will endow this new ruler with gifts of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and a reverent and strong faith. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. In contrast to the kings that Judah had at that time, this will be a king who rules with righteousness, caring for the poor and those on the margins of society while fording the ways of those who cause harm. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. Isaiah's song reaches its height as he envisions the kind of kingdom over which this king will rule, a new Eden in which humans and animals, predator and prey alike, will live in peace on God's holy mountain, a reference to Jerusalem. But the peaceful kingdom influence of this king from the root of Jesse will not stop with Judah. It will extend to all people and all nations. It's an amazing vision. Those people were in danger, though fear was running rampant, Isaiah dared to raise his voice in this song of hope. Two centuries later, another prophet would raise his own song in a time of distress and fear. The words that were read during the lighting of the Advent wreath were written by the prophet Jeremiah, either just before or just after Jerusalem fell to the next superpower, the Babylonian Empire. The destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, the capture of its king, and the subsequent forced exile of his people was an unimaginable catastrophe. I guess you would put it on the same, it would, it would be at least on the level of 9-11 for us. Everything that the people of Judah knew was lost, and it seemed that God had abandoned them. Yet Isaiah dared to sing the song of a new reality for his people. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch, there's that imagery again, to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Once again, we hear the promise that despite everything that would say otherwise, the seemingly dead family tree of David would sprout a new branch, a king who shall execute justice and righteousness a man of integrity and deep faith whose rule will reflect the rule of God. The prophet waxes lyrical, if you will, as he makes the amazing claim that in those days and at that time, God will intervene to save his people. Not only will a king be raised, but Judah itself will be restored and Jerusalem will once again become a place where people live not only not in fear, but in peace. So in tune with, divi- with divine ways that their city will be called by a new name. The Lord is my righteousness. Neither of these prophets nor any of the others whose words we read during Advent were engaged in wistful thinking. In the midst of times of crisis and fear, they absolutely trusted in the promises of God. 
They expected God to restore what was lost and to save their people. Isaiah doesn't think, say, I think that maybe God might do something someday. No, he sings, the days are surely coming. Now, historically speaking, the line of David did not return to Israel's throne. And over time, passages like these were reinterpreted to refer to the coming of an ideal Messiah. But these prophets did not sing in vain. Their words still have the power to lift our spirits and reset our thinking. And in truth, we need these songs. For we too live in a time of anxiety and uncertainty. Now, thank God there are no invading armies on our doorstep. But some of us are dealing with serious illness. While others are grieving the loss of loved ones. Some are struggling with financial issues or heavy workloads, and others find themselves in the midst of family crises. And though we may not know them, our hearts ache for those who have lost everything in wildfires, in shootings, in violence so great that they have to flee their homes. Add to the list political divisiveness, a growing divide between rich and poor, a variety of violent conflicts, and the increasing threat of climate change, and it is clear that, yes, we need these songs of hope. Still, the question remains, what do these echoes from the far past offer us? Let's say three things. The words of the prophets are, first of all, powerful reminders that even in the midst of trouble, God is working to bring about help, healing, and new life. The image of the sprout, the branch sprouting from a dead stump, especially reminds us that God usually works in small ways through ordinary people, a friend who comforts us a nurse who goes out of his way to care for patients, a referral that connects a person in need with just the right assistance, a welcoming smile, and the many strangers who reach out to folks like the ones who lost their homes in the Malibu and uh, Paradise fires. We need to watch for these small but significant indications of God at work in our midst. The prophet's song also encourages us to look beyond our present situation and to imagine an alternative reality. Not a reality based on wishful thinking, but one that is rooted in our remembrance of God's faithfulness in the past, our experience of God's help in the present, and our faith in God's promises for the future. The prophets call us to imagine such a reality and then to begin to live in expectation of its fulfillment even as we lean into this reality in our relationships and in our everyday lives. The days are surely coming. Finally, these songs point us to the one who embodied God's promises and lived out God's reality, Jesus Christ, the Messiah come indeed. 
As we look toward the celebration of his birth, the prophecies remind us that Jesus himself preached justice, lived out righteousness, and offered peace. And they help us to recognize the fulfillments of God's promises in him. The first Sunday of Advent marks the beginning of the Christian year. Happy New Year, everyone. As we start on our journey toward Christmas, let us listen to the prophets and join them in speaking words, singing songs, and living lives of hope. In the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous branch of God. May it be so. May it be so.